Lord, thank you for tonight, God. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for, God, this um, great opportunity for us to be with you. And truly, Jesus, I just sing that to you, Lord. Um, you know, we need you tonight, God. We, you are the one we thirst for, Lord. Just give me Jesus, God. And we want you tonight. So as we go, get into your word, God, may you speak to us. May we hear from you. And as we get into this subject, Lord, with the baptism of the Spirit, Lord, fill us with your Spirit right now, God. Move upon us, Lord. May we learn, may we grow tonight. And we ask this, anoint this study. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever tried to learn a foreign language? I know I, I've tried to learn some languages like Spanish or something like that, but it's, it's hard for me to connect the English I know to this new language. It, it, sometimes it's just hard to, you know, put those connections together and be able to really flow in this language. Um, if, if you grew up in English, you're so used to using English it's, it's just hard on your mind to, to, to kind of switch into this other language. Now, I have to tell you, though, my first language was Japanese. My parents came over from Japan, and, of course, they spoke Japanese in the house. And when I went to school, I forgot it all. But, uh, but uh, that was my first language. And, and there's still... You know, inside there, somewhere in my brain, I still get some phrases and words just floating around in there. And it's, I especially connect with it when my mother, you know, I, who I grew up listening, speaking Japanese, when she talks to me in Japanese, these things, I go, oh, yeah, you know, they just, it's like, boom, it's connected. And, 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 and it's, it's like, there's certain Japanese I don't understand, but there's certain stuff I do understand. Years ago, um, Kristen, my sister and I, we decided to take a Japanese class at the community college, and and uh, I don't know why we even decided that. I don't know, but it was a basic Japanese class, you know, like Japanese 101 or something like that. And and well, because my sister and I grew up in Japanese, we just breezed to through that class, right? But not. Kristen, she struggled. She, it was hard for her to make those connections. She struggled through, through it all. I mean, uh, my sister and I, we didn't have to study. It was so easy. It's like, oh, we, we get it. We didn't even study. But Kristen had to put a lot of work into it. And you know what? She looked at us, and she was not happy about us just, you know, doing nothing. And I think she's still bitter about it, too. But it's okay. God forgives her. No. <laughs> well, language, it is difficult when, especially it's a foreign language or something you don't know. Well, when it comes to speaking in tongues, it can be hard to understand even what's going on with that. Why? Because it's so foreign to us. Matter of fact, um, many people are afraid of it. It's just too weird, yeah? It, it's like learning a language. You're like, ah, this is too hard. I'm, I'm over that. I'm not going to do that, right? It, it, it's weird in, in a way that we can be afraid of it. Or maybe from a bad experience with, with the gift of tongues, 
it's something you're like, ah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, that, that's not for me kind of thing. Yeah. But in reality, Christians do have the gift of tongues. And I should say some Christians, not everybody, as we're going to be talking about in our passage. As we return to the book of Acts, we find that one of the gifts of the baptism of the Spirit is tongues. And we're going to be looking into that tonight in our passage. Now, the title of our message is The Coming of the Holy Spirit, Part 2. We did part one last week. We took verses 1 through 4a. Now, tonight, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 from 4b, the second part of verse 4, all the way to verse 13. Now, before I give you the outline, I know maybe perhaps you come or you're connected online, and aloha to you guys online, you know, and you're thinking, oh, wow, tongues? Oh, no, I don't know. I'm going to tune out or I'm going to disconnect. No, but... You know, understand, we're, we're going through the Bible verse by verse and, and section by section here. And this is the section we're at. And it, I want to study this. I want you to understand this so you're not afraid. So you're not like, ah, it's kind of weird stuff. Or, or this church is all into it. Or this one's not. Or maybe you came from a background where you, where, where you weren't into it. Or, or you maybe you never we're into it. Or maybe you have the gift. Well, um, tonight, I just want to study God's Word. And I, I think that if we're here because we love the Word of God and we just want to learn the Word, we want to hear from God through His Word, then this is where we're at. And let's be open to what the Lord is teaching us. So, well, tonight, once again, the coming of the Holy Spirit, part 2. And we're going to Acts chapter 2, the second part of verse 4 through Verse 13. Now, our outline is this in these two parts. Last week, we saw, number one, the day came. And then we saw the signs came. And then we saw the baptism came. That's what we saw in part one, those three uh, uh, points, really. Tonight, we're going to see the tongues came. And then, number five, the people came. And so that's a layout from verse 4 through 13 to help you kind of organize things in your mind. Now, remember last week we saw the day came, when in verse 1, just a little review here, on the day of Pentecost, 50 days from the resurrection of Jesus, it was Pentecost, 120 of Jesus' followers, including the apostles, were in the upper room and they were faithfully waiting in prayer together. And we saw that in verse 1. And that's, the, uh, that's when the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. When they were there, it was on the day of Pentecost, the day came. And then number two, we saw the signs came. And suddenly it filled the room, verse 2 and 3, a sound of rushing wind, right? They didn't feel it. It wasn't a physical thing, but you can hear it. And this wind, this sound like this whole big windstorm came. And then these flames, these, these tongues of fire or flames of fire rested on top of the 120 there in the room. And we learn how this marked the presence of God who is, who is saying, look, here, here's something different. Different from the Old Testament, now after the cross, now in Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, will come and dwell 
in believers. So the day came, the signs came, and then number three was the baptism came. We saw in verse 4, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon the believers. Like in verse 8, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And, and, and we dis- discuss some of the different views of baptism being filled. And remember, I proposed that, well, it's, to me it's sort of more like this semantic kind of thing because in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, Jesus tells them that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then when you come to uh, verse 4, uh, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They're baptized. They're filled. And uh, uh, we, I talked about whatever you call it, what, however you approach this, and we got into more detail, and you can get the, uh, listen to our podcast or, or our YouTube channel on this message. But in the end, we just want more of the Spirit. We want to be filled. We want to be baptized, whatever that is. So, whatever, however you see that. So we see the day came, the signs came, the baptism came. And so now, as we come into the rest of verse 4, we are in number 4. The fourth thing we see is the tongues came. The tongues came. So take a look at verse 4 once again. We'll just back up a little bit. And it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And here we are. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right, so Luke writes how these followers that of Jesus that were in the upper room began to speak in other tongues. In other words, different languages. Now, tongues basically is 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 the word really speaks about a language that is unknown to the speaker. That's you could say basically what tongues is is they're speaking a language that they don't really know, that they don't, they've never spoken before. And so it's this unknown language, uh, glousa is the word, these tongues. Now, what kind of language? Well, it could be maybe a dead language that used to be spoken and died out maybe through the centuries or even all the way up to unknown languages. It could be a foreign language or even an unknown language which, like Paul speaks of, tongues of angels in 1 Corinthians. It, 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 it could be like a heavenly language, maybe from heaven, of what they speak. Either way, understand when we talk about tongues, it's not known to the person who is speaking. And that seems strange, but that's what the gift of tongues is that Paul talks about, 1 Corinthians 12 through 4, chapter 14. It is a gift. It's just given in that way. And so that's what we are seeing for the first time here in Acts chapter 2, that these people are being gifted as they are baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. They are gifted with tongues, this ability to speak a language that they don't really know. And notice, and I want to emphasize this, the gift of this tongue was given by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 says, And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit gifted in that way. The Spirit gave them the ability. It's not that 
they went to community college took a class on this and then they were able to speak it's not that at all it was, it was pretty instant when this happened it, it wasn't that you know they listen um, what's the old Rosetta Stone classes or something like that it wasn't like the, they listened to those CDs or or someone coached them you know this is how you say you know I was asking an uncle uh, how do you say how do you say special again to take toku gets Toku bets. See, I can't even say. But see, she's coaching me. But it wasn't like that, you know, back then in that way. The baptism of the Spirit came. They opened their mouth. And whoa, this language came out that they didn't know themselves. So understand this. This is God doing this. So see, this first thing is the tongues came when the Spirit gave the utterance. The tongues came when the Spirit gave. The Spirit gave this. It's it's God's doing. It's the Spirit who gave them utterance. These other languages that came out. You know, I heard about, uh, someone was telling me um, years ago, they had attended this Pentecostal charismatic church and and, and, um, they were coached by someone saying, oh, you want to speak in tongues? Well, all you have to do is you got to get things rolling. Got to get. You just got to say things over and over, and, and soon you'll just get into tongues. And, and they said, all you have to do is this. All you have to say is, she rode a Honda. She rode a Honda. She rode a Honda. <laughs> she she rode a Honda. Just keep saying it, and then then the tongues will go. But that's not what happens here. It's it's not like something you just try and get going. Or I was thinking like starting a lawnmower, you know, woof, 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 you know, kind of thing. No, the Spirit, we read, gave the utterance. It's a gift. It's something just given. So understand, the tongues came when the Spirit gave the utterance. Now, before we go on, understand something here. On this whole issue of speaking in tongues that we're seeing here in the Word of God, there's different views. You, You have to you know understand there's there's a lot of you know approaches to this and and now there is um some people who um say that well tongues and any of the gifts of the spirit they're they're no longer for today these guys are the cessationists they're saying it ceased that the gifts of the holy spirit that you see in the book of acts it's done. It was only for that time period because God wanted to use these signs to establish the early church to show how real God is. And so we no longer need these signs because and, and miracles because, well, we have the word of God and, and the, it's all complete. So we don't need anything like this. No need for like gift of prophecy, like, like God speaking the word of God. It's all done. So tongues and all of this, you know, it's, it, it's done. It was just for this time. Now, I understand a little bit of that because remember last week I mentioned these signs, the wind yeah, and the fire. I mean, that's something that we, have ne- we never have seen afterwards. But God had marked this time in that way, in a special way to say, hey, look, I am doing something new here. I'm, this, is, this is the church starting. This is how things are going to go. The Holy Spirit is going to come into you. Remember I referenced like we, when Moses saw 
you know, God in a burning bush. We never see that anymore. You know, things like that. So God will do certain things to, to mark, you know, this event, this, this place and time. Or like when the law was given, you know, Mount Sinai, the fire, the smoke, and all of that. So I understand, yeah, okay, the, the, the fire and everything and the wind and tongue, the flames of fire that, well, okay, yeah, it is unique to this time. But I believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today. And I could testify. I've seen them. I, I've experienced them. And I know they are for today. So we have the cessationists who say, oh, the gifts, uh, the way the Spirit works, on, it's not for today. Well, on the other end of this spectrum is the charismatics. Yeah? And they believe in the baptism of the Spirit. They believe in tongues. And as we're focusing in on the tongues in this passage, they say that the, the evidence of the baptism of the Spirit is tongues. They say that that's the evidence. So if you don't speak in tongues, then you don't have the baptism of the Spirit. And sometimes you may have come across people say, do you speak in tongues? Oh, you don't? Oh, let me pray for you. You need to be baptized. So they believe that is the only evidence. They believe in the gifts, but if you don't speak in tongues, then you don't have the baptism of the Spirit. Now, they cite this passage here, Acts chapter 2, and even as we go along, we will see like in Acts 10 with Cornelius and um, Acts 19 and Ephesus, they got baptized, started speaking in tongues. But the interesting thing in Acts chapter 8, when the Samaritans came to Jesus be saved, and they are filled with the Spirit, there's no reference to them speaking in tongues. And so we have to understand that that doesn't, Tongues isn't the only evidence, yeah? And if you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't mean that you, you're not baptized in the Spirit or filled with the Spirit. Paul himself, you remember, uh, he, he said in 1 Corinthians 12, 30, he was kind of rhetorically saying, do all possess gifts of healing? Oh, yeah, of course not, yeah? And then he says, do all speak in tongues? What's the answer? Oh, no. Do all interpret? Oh, no, not everybody. So Paul himself was putting out there that, no, not everyone receives that gift of tongues. So if you don't have the gift of tongues, it doesn't mean you're a lesser Christian. It doesn't mean that, oh, you know, God is, oh, I'm not going to do that for you. You know, um, you're like back of the line or something. It's none of that at all. It, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God choosing whomever would have these gifts. And there's different gifts. Not everyone is going to be speaking in tongues. Actually, in, in a list of gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 8, tongues is at the bottom of the list. Whereas a lot of the charismatics try to put that at the top. So biblically, it's very clear that not everyone speaks in tongues. It, it, it's not the only evidence of the baptism of the Spirit. But here we're seeing it. Here we are, and it's, it, God is doing this work. Now, the thing is, no matter what you believe, no matter where, where you stand, whether on this side, the cessationists, or all the way on the other side as charismatics, you know, uh, I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. I believe in the gifts, you know, and I don't believe that, you know, that's the only evidence. And I, I believe there's gifts for today. So I'm kind of, I'm right there in the middle. I hope they respect my belief as, okay, you guys think that? That's all right. In heaven, we'll know, we'll find out you're wrong. But no, just joking. But, but the thing is, is we, we still are believers in Christ and we still should not divide over this. Rather than forcing someone to take sides or alienating people with different beliefs on this issue, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love, right? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 and 2, he says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Now you have to understand, 1 Corinthians 13, we all know this this chapter about the love chapter, right? It describes agape love. Well, 1 Corinthians 13 sits in between, yeah, for chapter 12 and chapter 14, which Paul addresses the issue of the gifts of the Spirit. So right in the middle, he's saying, look, you know what really matters here is love. It's not what gift you have. It's not that you speak in tongues. It's not, well, I've been baptized, and so what's your gift? What you doing with that? You know what really matters is love. Really, the question to ask is, no matter where you fall here in your doctrine or theology or your belief on tongues the question is to ask this if you do have the gift of tongues or 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 not wherever you fall do you push things to you know divide or do you use your gifts to edify does say your tongue or any of the gifts of the spirit does it build faith or build pride we have to be mindful of those things. So understand that tongues came when the Spirit gave utterance. And I want you to see, understand too, the tongues came as a miracle to glorify God. And, and, and I think this, we're going to be seeing this in a moment as the, the people, you know, come. But I want to put this in your mind because I understand these apostles there, yeah? And the people there, I mean, this is just, this is happening for the first time. And can you imagine, after all the waiting and the prayer, and now the Spirit comes, the wind, the fire. Remember, I mentioned it. I wonder if they could feel the presence of God when that was happening. And then there's, they're speaking in tongues here. I, I would believe that they're looking at a miracle. Yeah. That this is a miracle. It's not anything they did. And so the tongues came really as a miracle to glorify God. That's what it has to be about. Not about me, not about look what gifts I have, not anything like that. I heard about one lady who was talking to a repairman doing work at her house, and suddenly she just decided to let it all out and started speaking in tongues. 
Well, guess what happened? He ran out of the house. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, what was she thinking? See, the Holy Spirit's not going to do this to scare someone. Yeah? The Holy Spirit will use tongues to increase faith so that we would glorify God, not scare you. So I want you to really keep that in mind. I mean, say you were one of the 120 there up in the upper room and this was happening, the wind and the fire, and, and perhaps you're sensing the presence of God and then, boom, you're, you're speaking this tongue. Oh, you would be experiencing that miracle. You would be going, whoa, whoa, this is, this is unreal. God, whoa, miracle. So learn tonight that it's the Holy Spirit who gave the utterance. It's God moving, not in a scary way, but in a miraculous way. And that's how I want you to see this. It's all part of the coming of the Holy Spirit. All right, so the tongues came, the tongues came. Now let's go to number five in our outline. The people came. And this is the rest of our section from verse 5 through 13. First of all, let's take a look at verse 5 through 11. It says here, Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, uh, Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. All right, we'll stop there. We see that when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came and 120 started speaking in tongues, I'm assuming all of them were breaking out, they were there at that time where these, back at verse 5, devout uh, Jews, devout men, who had come to Jerusalem. They're in Jerusalem, why? Because the, the day came. What day was that? Pentecost, right? First one. They were there, and, and Pentecost was one of the three major ce Jewish celebrations that everyone would come to. It was a big holiday there. They came from all over the empire, all over um, as Remember, the, the Jews were spread around all over. Uh, they say historically since Bal Babylonian times, different wars, Jews would settle into different nations. And so they ended up speaking the language of that country or of that area. Now, it could be the sound of perhaps maybe... Uh, 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 the wind and a fire maybe got out. But then it says, verse 6, and at this sound, the sound of these tongues, this could be the fire and everything, maybe word got out, um, and the upper room was perhaps near the temple 
area that people were like, whoa, what's that sound? Whoa, whoa. And they're, they're all gathering around. And perhaps 120 come out and they're, they're, they're talking in these languages. And so here's these guys who are going to worship, celebrate Pentecost. Word got out, something happening. And then they come and they see, whoa. They hear the languages happening, the tongues being said. And they were bewildered, verse 6 says. In other words, they were like confused, like, wait, what, what's going on? We're hearing our own language from where we're, we're from. They were amazed. They were astonished. Why? Why were they astonished? Because these guys, they're looking at, they're Galileans, right? Galilee, the northern area of Israel. How could they be speaking their language? The language, their native language, like verse 8 says. And the listing of all the countries and different countries there. They were going, whoa, this, this is crazy so the people came and heard their own language the people came and heard their own language now remember tongues is an unknown language to the one who's speaking the tongues uh, it, here we see they're speaking the different languages of the people there. And so, though the speaker didn't know what it was, the hearer heard their own language. Now, uh, 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 another view about what is going on, it says that the language was not a known language, but it was unknown, because tongues basically means unknown language. And they said, well, I, I think they're just speaking some unknown language. And perhaps the hearers understood because the Holy Spirit gave them an instant interpretation. Some people say that. But to me, uh, they're not saved yet. They don't have the Holy Spirit yet. How could they, you know, get the interpretation? Maybe the Holy Spirit there. But, you know, for me, I believe the Spirit gave a known language to the hearers. You know why? To get their attention. Because the next part, we're going to see in Acts chapter 2 is Peter standing up and giving his sermon and, 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 and sharing Jesus Christ and, and they're going to come to the Lord. So I, I believe it was a known language. It was unknown to the speaker. Glossar is unknown, but it was a known language so these people, would, it would get their attention, go, wait, what, what's going on? What, what's going on? So again, either way, what we see here is a miracle is happening. A miracle is happening. The, the, the speaking of tongues is, oh, these people's languages. See, see that. Now, let's stop and talk about uh, another part of tongues or understanding is that the Bible tells us that speaking in tongues, first of all, is a private prayer language between you and God. That's the primary purpose of it. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2, uh, Paul talks about that. It's, it's, it's something between you and God. Here we're seeing it in a public way, but I believe there's a purpose in that. But primarily speaking in tongues is where the Spirit speaks through you. Uh, it's like helping you express what you can. 
like Romans 8.26 talks about that. So first of all, it's a private prayer language between you and God. Secondly, if there is a public speaking of tongues, it must come with an interpretation. That's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You have to understand the Corinthian church was just going wild with the gifts, and they're abusing the gifts, and, and most likely there was tongues all over. So Paul's like, wait, 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 understand what this is about. And, and when we did a study on that, I went into detail with that. Um, but secondly, if there is a public speaking of tongues, like in a group or church service, there must be interpretation with it. That's important. Paul talks about that. And he also sets these, this rule that uh, there should only be like two or three utterances of the tongue with an interpretation, 1 Corinthians 14, 27. And so um, understand that, that, that that's what Paul, Paul was trying to get them to like, wait, wait, you're going a little wild. This is a little crazy here. You know, this is how God wants it. And so it's important to understand it. Primarily, it's a private prayer language, but if there is a public, you know, like you're in a meeting and someone speaks in the tongue, there has to be an interpretation. And that's how the proper use of tongue should be in a service. I mean, I, I've been in many afterglow services and times where we're worshiping and there's an utterance in tongue and there's an interpretation. Um, and, and to me, I think it's amazing. I mean, think about this. This is the miracle of God, that the Holy Spirit would lead an individual to uh, say something in their spiritual language, yeah, in faith that someone will interpret it, yeah, and that someone else who has that interpretation and gift, that they would from the Lord, then give the interpretation from the Spirit. That's a miracle too. So those of you who have been in service like that or times where after goal where, where that has happened, to me, I love it because it's like, wow, this is God working here. This is, this is a miracle. For this to happen, it's the Holy Spirit moving. So here's what I want you to see. The people came and experienced a miracle. That's why they're like bewildered. That's like, whoa, what's going on? We're hearing our language. Whoa, these are just Galilean people. They're experiencing a miracle. Now notice something in, in verse 11. It says that in the second part, we hear them telling in our own tongues, the mighty works of God. Which seems to argue, and, and many pastors believe, that tongues is, is, is a prayer language to God. It's, it's speaking to God, in other words. It's, it, it's worship. It's giving glory to God. It's here testifying to God. The works of God. The NLT renders this the wonderful things God has done. So it, it, it's a praise. It's a, it's a worship 
in that way. Now, sometimes the interpretations in some tongues, the, the interpretation might be, may, you may hear, oh, thus says the Lord. Someone speaks in tongues and then you hear, thus says the Lord. Or sometimes you hear the interpretation is, oh, my children. You know, it's like, thus says the Lord, you people of God. God is saying this. But what we see here, and many believe that tongues is actually being a prayer language, speaking to God, that here it's, it, it's praising God, worshiping God in that way, that really tongues is talking to the Lord, not to the people. Now, there is things like, you know, a, a prophecy or, or word of wisdom or word of knowledge, which could be a message from God uh, to the people. But tongues, we see here, is for the Lord. Paul actually says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, For he who speaks in tongue does not speak to men, but God. So, tongues and an interpretation, it, it's more like, Lord, you're so great. Lord, we worship you. Lord, you've done this. Lord, you've done that. I even like... Um, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, the second part, Paul throws out, and he's talking about tongues. He says, I will sing praise with my spirit. In other words, he's, he, he will even sing in tongues. And I've experienced that, too, with an interpretation, which is really crazy, but another miracle. So whether in your personal devotional time or in a meeting, tongues is, is really actually experiencing the move of the Holy Spirit. Let me put it this way. You are experiencing something supernatural. It's a miracle. It's, it's something God is doing. So then verse 12. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But then look at verse 13. But others mocking said they are filled with new wine. So, so these men, these Jews, are hearing the followers of Jesus speaking in their own language and praising God. They're, they're like, wow, what, what is this? What's going on? They're worshiping God in our own language. And, and again, we're going to see next time how Peter actually preaches and gives them an explanation of what's going on. But in verse 13, in contrast, there's other guys there. They're like mocking them. They're like, what, what are they doing? They're, you know, um, they're, they're, they're drunk, right? They're filled with new wine. They're, they're, they're just totally drunk. That, that's what they're saying. Now, maybe with all these languages going on, I'm trying to picture this, perhaps... It was a lot of sound and noise, and it, maybe to some, it just sounded like a big mess of, you know, of noise going out. Maybe they thought, oh, what? it just sounded like maybe gibberish or whatever to, to them. So I want you to see this. The people came, and for some, it didn't make sense. The people came. But for some, it didn't make sense. Think about that for a moment. 
For some people, the gift of tongues, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, how do you pray out loud in a language you don't understand? It doesn't make sense. Yeah? It, it, it is really illogical. Now, I know not everyone, not everybody has this gift. But if you close it off in your mind, if you say, well, God, this doesn't make sense, you know, and you close it off, what if God wants to give you that gift, but you're rejecting it already? I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, it, it does not make sense. I mean, how, how can that be? Me talk and say something, but I'm not making any sense, you know, about it. Yeah. Some, sometimes um, uh, people ask us, oh, how's, you know, Riley and Manu and, and oh, Riley's starting to talk. And I can, I can get half of what she's saying. Manu, oh, he pretends like, well, I don't know, I, I, he's not pretending. He talks like he, we can understand everything, but it's just, my wife says, baby babble, yeah? Blah, 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 blah. And, 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 and he really, I think he intentionally really thinks he's communicating. Yeah. But to talk in a way where we, you don't even understand, that, that seems so illogical. But let me tell you this. It's not supposed to be logical. It's not supposed to be logical. It's supposed to be supernatural. It's supposed to be a miracle. It's supposed to be something God does, not you do. It's something that the Spirit gives you. And so that's what you want to keep in mind. If, if God wills if, if, if to give you that gift, again, not everybody has that gift, then keep that in mind so you may receive that gift. Maybe... Um, maybe what's important to understand is that um, it's, it's not so much you, but remember, it's the Spirit praying through you to God, right? And so the Spirit, in the Spirit's language, is praying through you to God. And you get to experience this. Perhaps maybe this can bring some, I know this sounds weird, bring some logic to what seems illogical. Let's say, let's say um, someone here and me, we, we agree that when I say Chakawada Chikasaka, that means let's go to Chick-fil-A after church. Let's say we agree, right? Chakawaka uh, Chikaeka. I just made it up. But let's, let's agree that, that that's what it means. Let's go to Chick-fil-A after church. And then we agree. Uh, and, and then you respond with, Manawala you apaya. Which means, okay, but you're buying. <laughs> so, after church, you know, go up to someone, yeah. Chakawaka, chakawaka. And they say, Manawala you apaya. And we're like, yeah, okay, okay. And everyone else was staying around going, that was really weird, you know. It, it doesn't make sense. It's illogical. No one else understands it, only us two. But hey, we're going to Chick-fil-A. No, anyway, listen, in a similar way, you may not 
understand what the Spirit is praying through you, but rest assured, God knows. And that's what matters. God knows. It's amazing to me, the Spirit praying through you. It's a gift. It's the Spirit moving in you. That's what it's about. You know, for me personally, once I kind of grasp that, because um, then I realize, oh, that's what it's about. And I share my own testimony, because I was like, ah, I don't know, that's kind of weird, you know. But once I kind of fully understood that, then God gave me that gift. So, again, not everyone has to get the tongues, but perhaps God wants to give you that gift. And perhaps that's, maybe you're holding yourself back into what the Lord may want you to experience through this gift, through a private prayer language. Now, I've never uttered it in public. Um, um, uh, one day, I, I think I'll be brave enough. No, but one day if the Spirit leads, yeah. And now in faith, I got to say it, in faith, understand God has someone to interpret it. And I think that's the scary part. But, but in the Lord, yeah, I know it can be there. But in my own private prayer time, I know it's, it's a language to the Lord. So I put that out to you and understand that this is amazing. This is miraculous. And, and, and imagine these guys hearing this. This is how it was for them. It was amazing. It was miraculous. It's like, Whoa, whoa, these Galilean guys are talking like this? So in this study, in what we've read today, tonight, don't let what God is doing here and what he continues to do, even to this day, in giving the gift of tongues, don't let what you see here hinder maybe the gift he wants to give you. And I'm not just talking about tongues. Maybe there's there's a there's a, a word of prophecy, you know, or 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 or, or a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, yeah. That the gifts that we've studied, and we'll we'll see some here in the book of Acts, that the Spirit moves when He comes upon you. So, what we see here, see it as a supernatural, amazing miracle of the Holy Spirit, and be open to that. And be open that God does gift believers. Don't let your logic blind you to the obvious. God does give people with the gifts of the Spirit. God does give people with the gift of tongues. Not everyone again. So don't let your logic blind you to the obvious. And the obvious is it's God doing it. It's a miracle. It's supernatural. I'll close with this. After picking up their uh, uh, rental car from the airport, two first-time tourists in Maui stopped to grab some lunch. Uh, well, they started to argue about the correct way to pronounce Kahului. And so they're at this fast food place, and uh, they argued back and forth as they stood at the counter uh, at this fast food restaurant. And so finally, one of the tourists asked the lady at the register and said, hey, before we order, can you please settle an argument for us? 
Would you slowly pronounce where we are? Please, can you say it very slowly? The lady leaned over the counter and said, Burger King. <laughs> I like that one. You guys, don't make things more than what it simply is. God has given us his word to understand these things. And that's why I took time to even uh, go over and study this. And he wants us to understand so that we can receive everything he has for us, especially with what we see here, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, I love your word. And to connect it all, like this passage in Acts 2 with 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, God, it's so great to study and understand and make the connection so that, Lord, we won't think wrongly or we won't feel wrongly about something or we won't uh, be falsely led to think something when your word is so clear. God, thank you for your word that helps us understand who you are, what have you done in our lives, and, and especially here, what the Holy Spirit does in a believer's life. God, thank you that you do fill us with the Holy Spirit. You empower us. You, you give us that ability, Lord, ability to do things that is not in us, Lord. It's not part of us. It's not like a gifted talent or something, but it's actually something the Holy Spirit gifts us, Lord, supernaturally. And so, Lord, whatever that is, whatever gift, God, may we be open to that, Lord. Whether it's a gift of tongues or a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, whatever that is, gift of healing, Lord, you these gifts still operate today. And I've seen that, Lord. I've, I've experienced it in my own life. And Lord, I know that you are alive in us and your spirit is in us. So help us to be fully filled with your spirit, God. Lord, we want to rely on you, not on ourselves. We want to understand that Sometimes our own logic blocks us from really the supernatural that you want to gift in us, Lord. A supernatural ability, God. Lord, let us be open to you right now. Fill us now, God. In Jesus' name, amen.